Hey folks, a very minor audio snafu at the top of this episode, uh, but we're just going to be peeking a, a bit. It's nothing that hasn't happened before, but we do pick it up about halfway through, so just bear with us. And if you don't bear with us, then go to hell. Enjoy! <laughs> everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning from Liam's wardrobe. That's where we record, trade secret, the My Dad Wrote a Porno team recording the cupboard, we do too. Hey, hey, hey. And they're a world touring podcast. Do they have maroon jackets and good shoes? Don't, ga- don't gaslight my... <laughs> I'm not gaslighting it. Don't dox my gaslights. Oh, okay, okay, no worries, yeah. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast jojo's world where we recap and discuss a little anime called jojo's bizarre adventure nice this is a just a nice relaxing bit of audio that you can stick in your ears after a long hard day mm. at work as you're you're settling into just a nice hot waxy Spa bath. At work? And No, after work. Oh, after and work. slough off the pressures of the working week. We're all just nice and calm. Focus on your breathing as I tell you that this week <laughs> we watch the 24th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Golden Wind. There we go. We're back in, baby. <laughs> I was going to say, we're deep in their ears and this is what you're doing. <laughs> Like a wet willy. Oh no, you get that false sense of security of someone being like, why hello there, a pinky finger could never do any harm, or could it? I don't know what that is, Nick. It's our podcast, (laughs) it's the analogy. The 24th episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Vento, Oreo, and the 137th episode (gasps) of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole. That's a prime number. I'm going to need to see the mathematics on that off air. Well, I can't be fucked doing that. Thank God. Every other number so far. Liam, you have to understand. (laughs) It's every prime factorization. Oh, not today. (laughs) Uh, Covering chapters 532 through 536 of the manga. How fancy. How fancy, you ask? Rather. (laughs) (laughs) And it is entitled Notorious B.I.G. But it's it's entitled Notorious C H A S E, but not in those letters in the anime. I'm curious about the uh, the change to Notorious Chase. Yeah, I guess because it chases you. I guess it must be because it follows them and then does stuff. So mm-hmm. it must be because it never lets up, never lets you down. It never lets you up, never lets you down. It does make you run around and it does hurt you quite a lot. Very severely, in fact. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm intrigued that they haven't gone with something like uh, I don't know uh, infamous large, or... infamous large. <laughs> you know, kind of notorious big, mm. but not with the dots. Oh right, I see. Or maybe at large, large. You know, mm. ill reputation, grande, <laughs> not good, kind of you know this size. Nick, uh, 
I struggle with the, and made a small I struggle size. with the words of what exactly I'm conveying, <laughs> but my hands know what word I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, All um, verbs should be put into hand words. Mm-hmm. Benevolent small. Benevolent small. Yeah. But he's so large. He's so chungus. It's a, <laughs> yep, he's Jojo's Bizarre Adventures chungus. <laughs> to be fair, when I was watching him just kind of amble flob, around, just flob around and stuff, I was like, man, that guy could be hella chungy. <laughs> To be fair, the, the user guy he's is a, definitely yeah, Chungus. Yeah, he's a chunky boy. He's like Pesci 2.0. He's a sight to fucking behold. But anyway. So, Nick. Yes. Do we have any Patreon supporters this episode? Shit. The, the dawning look of panic in his eyes as he reaches <laughs> down to grab his phone. I forget the one job that I have. We do! Wow! Would you believe it? I knew this was coming oh, he, from a mile away. I could see the memory in his eyes as we were going through that whole extended bit, being like, I'm just waiting for Liam to let his guard down and then I'll pounce. <laughs> and would you believe, Liam, someone who pounces on absolutely nothing, except our Patreon account, as it would seem, according to me, with no other context on what they do or who they are, is... Nor Lou. Nor Lou. Nor Nur. A patron who knows to strike when the iron is hot, if ever I've seen one. The exact opposite of myself. Why I was walking through the alley last night, feeling quite vulnerable, but reassuring myself that everything would be just okay. But then, gads, I turned around, and who was behind me? But... Shia LaBeouf. Nor Lou. Nor Lou. Sensing my weakness. (laughs) And there, brandishing what but a fire poker, still hot from the fire. Nor Lou, brandishing a classified amount of dollars per <laughs> month, thrust it into my hands and was like, benefits please. And lo, they were given. Nor Lou. You're pretty good, Nor Lou. You're pretty good. Thank you, Nor Lou. We appreciate your contribution. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, Vento, Oreo... Ugon no Kaze, episode 24, Notorious B.I.G. Nick, what did you think? Nick, don't you even dare open your mouth. I'm going to share with you some words of wisdom from Hirohiko Araki. Oh, yes. In Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, part five. Well, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole, I suppose. We always got there. Volume 58. How many volumes of Jojo are there? More. God damn. He writes. Oh, this is of course accompanied by what looks to be... What the fuck? A painting of a landmass with texture or something like that. Or Cthulhu, maybe? So a close up, a very close up. I'm going to say it. Bad photo. <laughs> some sort of um, artwork of a landmass. Yeah. Possibly with some sort of boat off the coast. Yeah. Like the right hand continent... In World of Warcraft, what's it called? Is it Azeroth? Azeroth. Is that one Azeroth? Or is the whole... Oh, the planet is Azeroth. So then what's and the right hand... to the left of the planet, when you're yeah. looking at the map, yeah. you know, that direction. Yeah, on you the got map, the Horde. You've got Kalimdor. Yep, yep. And then... On the right is the Alliance's continent. Then it's Lordaeron, but I think that's their country. Uh, Maybe that is just called Azeroth. I don't think it is. Ah, oh, damn it. I guess we'll never know, and no one will tell us. Hey, Liam. Hirohika Araki writes... There we go. Do you have any specific scenes that make you really enthusiastic? I don't know if it's due to my psychological state, but I am really moved when I see sailing ships going at full speed on TV. Ah, hence the ship in the photo. Possibly. (laughs) Maybe. 
that's much better than trains or racing cars. Seeing Ultraman's eyes and luminous signals shining in the dark while he fights giant monsters in town or in the mountains also exalts me. In general... <laughs> oh God, how much more is that? In general, I prefer to look at big objects at night. Don't we all deep down... It's the majestic big, big object, object like... A skyscraper. Or King Kong. Or a big gaseous void or an old old wooden ship or that guy at the start of this episode or indeed the moon the moon that's not the big... biggest object at night that's not a big object that's a big celestial object ah yes very different like an angel oh man i mean to be fair if you're a big angel can you still really call yourself are you an, an angel? angel nah love <laughs> that's the Phantom Menace, everyone. That's, that's okay. it. Okay. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Vento Oreo. Notorious B.I.G. Nick, what did you think of this one? Well, we haven't talked about the most important thing that's happened this week, oh. Liam. Un- Untitled Goose Game? No, Death Stranding. Uh, okay, I knew it was one of the two. <laughs> Have you seen it yet? I've seen a good chunk of it. Oh, it's so good. Um, So good. You walk through the wilderness. Yep. You got boots. You got boots. And your boots wear out, as boots are wont to do, inevitably, as everything does. However, the speed at which they wear out is insane. Uh, And then you walk into the uncharted places, and you chart them, bringing people into the network. Nathan Drake's there, being all like, hello, how are ya? I'll have to take your word for it. Yep. I tried to avoid watching any story stuff. Ooh. Do you even know who Nathan Drake is? He's the guy from Uncharted. He is the guy from Uncharted. Yeah, which I've never played. Oh, well, well, well. And then when you meet a guy and you go into their base and you give them your dog tags, which, yes. are, which, which are the keys, which make the world burn on its axis, <laughs> then they're in the network and then you can see, then you can engage in Dark Souls asynchronous multiplayer and use ladders that, or, that other people have left behind mm. or boots that they've left behind for you to put on and go further. Mm. Hey, you want to... Hey, sh- shut up, hey. he says to me. <laughs> do you, uh, you want to hear a hot take? Yeah. I don't like the look of the multiplayer. Is there more to it than just the leaving ladders behind and stuff? Well, I know there's like, you can like stuff and you can leave things behind. Oh, yes. Yep. But leaving things behind is just like, well, then what? Why would I? What? I don't I don't need to play the game anymore because someone's just going to leave behind so much stuff for me. I think it's going to, you will have, probably have to see how it shakes out, mm. um, particularly in the more difficult areas i would imagine but i wonder if it's going to be the case where there's going to be some some treks that are so long that it's going to be reliant on someone leaving you some boots like halfway uh, or something yeah hideo kojima would do that wouldn't yeah he? yeah he's made an entirely new well, genre as we know yes it is a action game social game social strand system <laughs> Hideo, just... <laughs> I, I, I tweeted this the other day and no one got back to me, but it was a genuine question. Does that sound as bad in Japanese as it does in English? <laughs> What's it called again? What is action it? game... Oh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look... Because I, I think it's action game, social... Ge- no, action game, strand game, parentheses, social strand system. It's just... It's this mad fucking combination of mean words. anything. <laughs> Things I like. Yes. I like how when you're fighting human guys, you can tell that both you and them are going to great pains, even though you're fighting each other, to not kill each other. Yes. Because that will make bad things happen. Yes. Which is cool. Uh, I like that everyone is wearing plastic because there's that time rain, but plastic lasts for fucking ever. So mm. that's that's how you get around. Ah. Uh, it's only clicking in my head <laughs> right now. 
Uh, I like uh, you have a big boss battle with some sort of tentacle beast. See, I didn't like that. Uh, and I liked that there were... Um, I, I assume that they are help outs left behind by other players who mm. would like throw you some more ammo or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they look like they're made of milk. And he's just all like, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like that apparently the things that you throw at this creature to fight it are human bodily fluids. Oh shit, what? Like blood. And I think you can craft your shit into them. That's I why the see. toilets are crafting stations. That's see. the speculation I've heard. Right, so whenever you urinate, it's actually for a defensive mechanism. I don't know about that necessarily. Uh. Um, and I like that. You have to calm the baby down. I, I, actually, I think that's going to stress me out a lot. <laughs> but I like when you get... Dis- when you are inconvenienced, you drop some of your shit. Yes, yes. I do love all the walking stuff. Looks fucking amazing. Yeah, you can swap out the kind of exoskeleton oh, that you've got, so depending good. on the kind of walking you think you're going to need to do. Yeah, if you want to go fast, get the speed one. If you need to jump over a cliff... Get the jumpy one. Yeah, if you want to fight some guys, you probably want the speed one again. Yeah, you probably do, because <laughs> you will lose. Yeah, and there's probably like a long distance one, I'd imagine. I don't know. It seems so good, though. I so like good. the motorcycle. Oh, man. So much good is going to come from that game. I'm intrigued, and I definitely want to play it as soon as possible because of this asynchronous stuff to have mm. as much of an untouched landscape as possible. Mm. I I'm going to make wait. my mark on the American frontier. <laughs> what gets me is that he said, "Oh yeah, the U.S. of A. is uh, the map." And I was like, "But walking across the entirety of the United States of America would Big. take weeks." I wonder if the Rocky Mountains are in it. Because I don't know a lot about US geography, mm. but my understanding is they kind of run the breadth of the country. <laughs> I would be in your way. But that's when you pull out your pickaxe and you're like, okay. Well, time to right. climb. Yep, here we go. Well, not climb, just beat time your way through to, it. Time to shunk out a ladder and climb up the <laughs> whole mountain. This is where you need all those other players with all those other ladders. Mm. Oh, man. Looks so good. So good. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my thoughts on today's episode. Yep. See you next time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very intrigued by that video game. Uh, Untitled Goose Game is also out. You're a rude goose. I'm enjoying it. And we have to keep playing River City Girls. River City Girls. Oh, man. Nick. Yes. Notorious B.I.G. What about him? Your thoughts. Um, he looks fucking horrendous. Well, no, he's the stand, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Right. The man's name is Kane. Kane. Which I'm going to just quick check but i'm gonna guess that's meat or something like that because like carnivore yeah flesh slash meat in italian i love it i actually this this entire stand battle so far has been nothing but excellent for my money this is probably the scariest one in part five, five. or the yeah. most scary isn't the, necessarily the right word horror inspired it's jojos but yeah, yeah the most horror horrorish mm. you know it's the same way well particularly as we get into later jojo i'll give um some of the earlier stuff, like uh, maybe the part three battles, um, they were really, they were really leaning into horror. Mm. Um, but at this point, I think you know how they'll say like, "Oh, the next Marvel movie is going to be this genre." Yeah, it's not. It's still just the same action. It's the same Marvel thing. every time. Yeah. This yeah. is still the same JoJo, but this is like the horror spin on yeah. JoJo Part Five. <laughs> it's it's so good though. Like the fact that they were like, "We don't know what's going on." This is fucking weird. Yeah, and why is this happening? Hirohika Araki's uh, opportunity to briefly reenact that one Twilight Zone episode where there's something on the wing, <laughs> some kind of hideous gremlin, kind of tennis ball. We'll get to that. But of meat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really fucking good. Yeah, I like it. This dude weirds me out as well. Plus, you can probably tell from the way 
the perspective was working in the later set, later episodes, mm. but you know, this is gonna be a Trish thing. Oh no! <laughs> Does wait? Will this finally let her be like my stand is here? Oh, I suppose we'll have to find out in future. Let's go. Why can't you just give me answers? They're then? at the airport. <gasps> the airport or airstrip, I suppose. The mu- they're, I, not, they're not like going through check-in. No. Like, oh, we've got to get to the airport two hours before our flight to make nah. sure we can get through security. No, nah, they're gangster. They do what they want. Yeah, yeah. I asked you, is the Marco Polo Airport a real place? Oh, yeah, let's check that out. Because I saw that went, oh, the Marco Airport Airport. The Marco Airport the Airport. The Marco Airport. The Marco Airport. Venice Marco Polo Airport. Airport in Venice, Italy. Today's flights, Venice Airport, VCE, Marco Polo Airport. Include... <laughs> um, Liam, what, what are you doing? All Liam? departures. I, I, is this a new podcast? Flight V71238. Oh, no. Airline, Volatea. Oh. Destination, Dubrovnik. Oh. Flight V71456. <laughs> Airline, Volatea. Destination, Santorini. Is this what it's like listening to that Mike Myers podcast that you keep listening no, to? No, that's good. Everyone listen to Mike Check. <laughs> I think I have a future in airport voiceover. <laughs> Flight KL1650. Airline KLM. Destination Amsterdam. Oh, can I try this? <clears throat> Flight number AZ1460. Alitalia, Rome. F- oh, wait, I forgot to say airline no. destination. <laughs> no, that's it. It's a lot harder than it looked. <laughs> So they're at Marco Polo International Airport. They have just found a plane. Yep. Oh, plane here. Let's let's take that. Let's get it. <laughs> oh, we've got to go to Sardinia and find the boss's identity or he'll kill us. Jono, fair, fair. check that plane for life with your powers that you have. So Jono can do whatever the fuck he wants. Jono places his hand on the wing of the plane. It's like, yes, the plane is not alive. There's no one alive on the plane, not even a cockroach. Yep. I can sense life energy now. And then Narench is all like, hot diggity the fuck damn, someone's coming. In yeah, that exact yeah. tone of voice. Uh, the opening happens, of course, and we observe, oh, sorry. We observed mm. that, um, unusual that in the bit where they're all, um, they're showing off their and, stands, yeah. Bruno comes first, as if he's the main protagonist. It's almost as though it's his story. Which it kind of is. In a weird way, <laughs> but it is still called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, not Bruno's Odd Time. Bruno's brazen bravado. Oh, dude, I'd watch the shit out of that. It's just him being like, tell me, you ever seen a man unzip himself? I'd watch a Bruno Bucciarati prequel. Everyone would. Everyone <laughs> loves Bruno Bucciarati. We know we know it to be true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, Naranchi is in the cabin, but he's got his radar on his face. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, a guy's coming. A very normal looking guy. <laughs> no, normal for JJBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you observed that he's like Pesci Plus. He's Pesci 2.0. Yep. He's just a block of solid muscle. He's built like a meat shithouse. He's built like a literal brick because he's a square. Yep, he's very geometric. Um, like, his shoulders just come out. Yep. And they just As do if he s- were David Byrne wearing the big suit. <laughs> oh, <God damn. laughs> uh, they come out, sharp right angle down. Yep. His arms... Are too big to be human. His shirt has a sort of weird crotch piece. Um, it it doesn't quite go all the way across his 
body. Oh yeah, maybe he's wearing a normal shirt, but it's tucked in. But he's so he's so broad that mm. he can't do up the button and fly in his trousers. Exactly. Hence that big crotch window. But his face is also very geometric. I would say it's a perfect square. It's a bit um, like um. His eyes are guy. also more squared than a normal person's eyes. And are they? I think so. No, I thought it was just his body. Okay, his eyes are certainly fucking weird. They're squarish. More squarish than a normal person. They're yeah. not squared, though. More uh, symmetrical. He's got a sort of weird head headband, headscarf thing on. He's got, like, guile hair, but green. I mean, it was pink in the anime. Sorry, but pink in the anime? <laughs> oh, God. In the anime, it's so much worse. And uh, sort of a weird uh, shoulder pads. Why does he have such a weird oh, crotch? Also... Window? Also worth pointing out yeah. that he is wearing um, some sort of... Is that a crop top? You know, where it cuts off just above the pecs? I think so. It would... Many people would label this a crop top were it not for the sleeves attached and it goes all the way down to his crotch. I think it might and be... possibly a, all the way around. I think it might be a unitard of sorts. <laughs> Needless so to say. So he's there. He's walking up to them real normal style. Yeah. He's just another everyday normal Italian. Mister's like, hey, hey. If you come near me, I'm going to kill you. You're funny looking. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? That's pretty much what he said. Yeah, and the guy keeps coming and he, he don't he stop coming. He don't stop coming. Yep. Uh, so Mr's all like... What's the word? Uh, fed to the rules. He hits the ground running. Ah, naturally. It didn't make sense not to live for fun. Uh, my head gets shot. I get killed by a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr's all like, well, I'll shoot you then. Yep. Shoots him in the head. No, shoots him in the leg first. Sorry. Shoots him in the leg and the guy's all like, oh... Like one oh, of those... Before he shoots him, the guy like gives off one of those anime like smirks. So Mister's like, nah, not happened that. Pow! If he had glasses, he would have like pushed them up slightly with his middle finger as the index and other yeah, yeah, two yeah. come up. <laughs> Be all like, my plan has come together. That's definitely the more common uh, anime glasses push. Yeah. But I think because of when I was coming up and first discovering anime, that's right. I first discovered it. You're Whoa! all welcome. <laughs> You're that guy. <laughs> Uh, I always associate it with the early One Piece villain, uh, Captain Kuro, who would wear, like, big Freddy Krueger glove. Yeah. So he would push up his glasses with the, um, the part where his hand meets his wrist. Yeah. Like, like so. Ah, very intuitive to our listeners. Yeah. He's pushing his glasses up with the bit where his palm... With the butt of my hand, and then also on the, um, the lower lens of the glasses. Right, because if he tried doing it with his blaze, he'd cut himself. He'd fucking kill himself. (laughs) So that, that's that's my iconic anime glasses push. What about the other iconic glasses push where you get, literally you have the first two fingers. As if you were making a gun. Like a gun. Yep. And then your thumb sticks out. You pull the thumb and the fingers on the outside of the glasses. So you're functionally blind for a moment. Push it up. And then you come back down. Seems impractical. It's so impractical. But goddamn, does it look cool. All right, I shot you in the leg. I've kneecapped you, so to speak. But if you leave now, no hard feelings. And the dude's all like, hmm, because that he's a big chungus yeah. guy. And then his stand pops out and like, ah, oh, Stan, shoot him in the head. And Mr. Shoots him in the head probably about five times. Yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah. his head just turns into a pile of goop. And he's all like, oof. He falls back. He's dead. We didn't get a very good look at this stand in this moment. No. With, with my with my benefit of foreknowledge, uh-huh. I did give it a quick scope out in that brief shot, and it does look... It looks like what the stand that it will become looks like at the end of the episode, but okay. I would say less goopy. Right. More, more humanoid in yeah, form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I saw, like, it looked like him, mm-hmm. but just a shadow version made of meat. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, like, uh-huh. he, he's clearly brought it out in this moment. Yeah. Did this stand have any use or utility 
pre his death? That's a good question. Mm. I mean, the other big... It's pointless to speculate. I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say yes. I'll, I'll scientifically say... I would wager that, pos- that either he can bring it out in the moment he knows he's going to die. Uh, and then it- <laughs> so he has to know So this would be down. his first stand battle by that logic. Just, hang on, but then how would he even know at any point that he had a stand? Uh, he got shot by the arrow. You know how it goes. But even if he got shot by the arrow, he'd never see it or know that it was inside him, right? So he's just walking up to these it's guys fine. going, oh, I reckon I've got a good chance. I'm all right. Here we go then. It's uh, like, stand back now. No, I've got this. I've got this. I'm, pff, ah, or the alternative is that he could use like a normal stand prior to this, but it would just be like pre-time stop star platinum where it's just punchies. Mm, maybe. Mm. And it's just fancy meat punch. Gotta look like something. That's true. That is true. Now you played a uh, fancy meat punch on Steam. <laughs> You know, I'm up to level uh, Wad. It's an Aquatine Hunger Force reference. Oh, okay. Yep. Meet Wad. He get the honey, see? That's it. That's all I got for you. So they kill him. Oh, yeah, he dies. Jonah goes and checks, like, oh, yeah, he's dead. He's 100% dead. There is no way he's still alive. Meanwhile, Abakio has turned his uh, stand into a pilot that once sat in that plane's pilot seat. And he's all... And I love how it looks. It's, just, it's like full pilot clothes, pilot glasses... Sunglasses. And, and just blank Aviators, face. Aviators, they call them. Oh. And he's yeah. just got blank face, no mouth, With no nose. With the, um, the dial in the top of the head. Just calmly doing all the things that yep. a pilot would do. I was talking about this way back at the start of Abakio's introduction. Like, mm. not a very action-oriented stand, but they do some fun things with it. Yeah, no. Like fly a plane. <laughs> it's hilarious. So what he says, okay, yeah, I'll use the... Um, the INS. Well, I'll use my stand to start the plane, but then I saw in a movie you can activate the INS and the mm. plane will just take you where you want to go. And Naranchi's all like, you saw that, it in a movie? That sounds like a bullshit, Abakio. <laughs> How are we going to land the plane? Oh, it'll be fine. No, we'll figure it out. Oh, bring the pilot back on, you know. Yeah, easy. Landing a plane is just a very simple process. <laughs> That's the same every time. Oh, man. So, they start taking off. INS, or Inertial Navigation System, is a navigation device that uses a computer, motion sensors, and rotation gyroscopes to continuously calculate by dead reckoning the position, the orientation, and the velocity of a moving object without the need for external references. Right. Often used on vehicles such as ships, aircraft, submarines, guided missiles, and spacecraft. Hmm. Can I have one in my car? Sure. Yes. What use would it get in my car? Look, I don't know, man. Anyway, it's a device. I don't know if it's as simple as uh, Abakio is making it out to be, but that's what it does. It figures out where you are. It flies the plane. It's yeah, fine. It flies the plane. Yeah. I saw it in a movie. What kind of movie goes into that? Okay. That level of inane stuff? I mean, it's all well and good for us to ask that. But JoJo's Bizarre Adventure just went into that level of inane stuff. Exactly. I mean, I was saying to you, before the OP happens... It's like a really anticlimactic bit where they're like, okay, we're going to go find the boss. We're going to do this thing. We've got the plane. We've got the skills. We've got the manpower. We're going to find his identity. The plane trip should take two hours. OP. Yeah. It's like, why did you say the plane trip should take two hours? The in-flight movie will be... The Godfather. And we will be serving your choice of chicken and shrimp. What's the deal with airplane food? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Seinfeld. Hi and welcome to my stand-up set. I'm Mister. Oh, you, we're gonna have a great time here, folks. We got Giorno. Abakio's up in the cockpit. Yeah. I don't know why this has turned into an <laughs> SNL opening monologue. 
with musical guest Trish. Oh, with musical guest Notorious B.I.G. And then he just walks out, and Mister's all like, "Hey, hey, hey!" Pow, pow, pow! Only one musical guest, but it's in rhythm. Uh. So anyway, the plane takes off. They're flying. So Trish and Bruno are having this moment. This yeah, this in-flight moment. This poignant observation of life. An insightful discussion on the nature of morality and just random shit. I wonder if my father has realised that we'll be going to Sardinia. Bruno's like, yeah, probably. I mean, there's no doubt he's the boss. I get the impression Bruno isn't hugely invested in this conversation. He's just there being like, God damn it, man. When we get there, we'll get there and find out. Yeah, so Trish refers to him as your boss and then asks some question and his response is, former, our former boss. (laughs) Do you reckon every time Trish is like, oh... You guys, your boss must have loved you. It's like, former, 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 former boss. Don't, don't, don't make me repeat myself, Trish. Oh, but he was your boss for so long. Former boss. He's our former boss for so long. <laughs> uh, they all speculate that when Trish's mum and the boss had their engagement, that it was pre the boss becoming a mobster. So he must have had some kind of identity. <gasps> I, Even though yeah. she never got his name. Unless but, he was just not born. Yes. He, he had some kind of identity, right? <laughs> Like, oh, unless he had some sort of identity erasing stand. Ooh. Like that, um, that mutant in X-Men who, whenever anyone meets him, they're like, oh, I know you. And then whenever they leave, they're like, who was that guy? Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> he lives on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has been to the moon's like, I can't remember. No, he lives on the premises of, um, Doc- Charles Xavier's schoolhouse. And he literally just lives on the outside smoking all the time. <laughs> So some kid is like, what's that smell? Comes out and finds this guy and he's all like, oh, hey. Ah, crap. You probably smelled the smoke, didn't you? I meant to keep to myself. Does Charles Xavier know he's there? He does because he's, he's in got constant mind powers. Con- yeah, yeah, he's in constant contact. So that, um, yes, they, they come to the conclusion that they met at the resort town, Casa de Volpe. Ooh. The, the fox's tail. The fox's tail. What, why is it called the fox's tail? Gotta call it something. Yeah, but you could call it something good. That's cool. Is it? It just sounds like a hair thing. You know, like foxtails, the hair? No. The hair, and it's like, whoomph, on your side, right? You mean like sideburns? No, 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 like not sideburns like these, as in like the hair from the top here on like either side of your forehead comes down around. I've never seen that. You've never seen that. Really? It sounds horrible. It's great. Anime people love it. (laughs) Anyway, let's go to this place. Oh no, there's a noise coming out of that cabinet. Mister, get your gun out. So Jono slowly but surely reaches down. Mister has been reading Automobile Magazine. (laughs) I did not notice that. (laughs) Does it have cars, like, on the front of it? Yeah, it's got cars, the villain of part two on the front of it. Shit. He was the cover artist for Automobile Magazine this month. (laughs) He's back from space and now he makes cars. Ah. He was the inventor of the car. Oh, shit. That, sure. (laughs) I got a real bad feeling about this, uh... This fridge. Oh, you're probably just freaking out. And Jonah's like, I am probably just freaking out. But still. Imagine if I was freaking out for a reason. He opens it up. Oh, it's just the freezer. Whoa, Jono. Whoa. Did you put those chicken scraps in there? And Jono, we... Jono like looks down a little bit. Camera pans down from the ice tray to the bottom of the freezer. To what I clearly like messed up human fingers. Uh, chopped off or what looks like ripped yeah. off. Ground up. Dunked into deep fried, uh, 
sweet batter. It's the fingers from the fatty at the airport. I'd recognise them anywhere. Don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) They could be anyone's fingers. But I remember distinctly Fatty's fingers. They were his most distinguishing characteristic. Hmm. Not his big face or his weird square frame. Or his weird clothing. Or perhaps even his shot up knee. (laughs) His fingers said something about him. There's one more finger than there was when we were looking at it before. Huh. Everyone get over here and look at this. Bruno and Trish all just like come around and they're like, hmm. Fingers. Those are fingers. Mm -hmm. Are you sure there weren't just four before? Jono, check them with your magic. And then plants grow out of the fingers. Like, oh, if they were a stand or they're alive, the plants couldn't do that. Has that ever been true? Well, only stands can harm stands, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have we ever had a scenario where he's had to grow something and then he realised he couldn't grow it on another stand? I don't think it's happened. So really, he's just pulling more rules out of his ass. Well, we've never seen him grow something on another living creature, as far as I recall. It's true. That is true. Yeah, okay. I'll give you this one. (laughs) Oh, someone put these here on purpose. It's sus. Let's get him out of here. No, we can't break the window or we'll all get sucked out. Like in that one Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> so Bruno's all like, well, then hang on to something. Oh, I've got a quote here. Oh. Narantia says, the difference in air pressure will send us flying like a rat on a toilet. Araki is the greatest when it comes to similes and metaphors. But he just one-upped himself Famously. Famously a rat on a toilet will will go flying. Exactly. Is there some kind of author's note that puts this into context? No. I was sitting on the toilet one day when I saw a rat, and I thought to myself, no, I don't want that rat near my toilet. So I put him on the toilet, and what do you know? He flew away. And now I'm dead. (laughs) He tells them all to hold on, and we get... It's one of those things where the the screen is cut into multiple different shots of all everyone. And most people just look lightly concerned. But then on the bottom left, we've got Mr. like bodily hugging a chair and looking <laughs> terrified. It's so good. It's like most of them have just got like a hand on like one of the armrests yeah. or something. But he's like, but that'll kill us all. Um, mouth open in horror. <laughs> so Bruno just makes the zip, lets the freezer fly out. And then there's like no change in air pressure whatsoever. I guess they weren't high enough yet. And he was like, oh, I guess I didn't need to tell you to hold on to things. Oh, well, see you at Sardinia, here, everyone. Don't bother me again. They all go back to their seats. Mister gives a sigh of relief. Jono's mm-hmm. all like, oh, well, I'm glad that kerfuffle is done with. Looks down at the window and there's writing there. Yes. And I wrote, the writing is in Italian, not subtitles in any way. No. And we're just expected to know what a lot of it says. So I believe this one says something along the lines of... I would like to eat a parmesan, a uh, margarita, margarita pizza. pizza. And Jordan looks at it and is like, I would also like to eat a margarita pizza. Back home in Naples. Oh, I'm homesick. I'm 15. I'm Jono Giovanna. Oh, if only I lived a normal life. Free from the terrors that is a modern I society. didn't embark on some sort of bizarre, bizarre adventure, adventure with my new friends. If only I could live a quiet life. Occasionally go to the bakery. Ruin a sandwich and put it back. Yeah. We could do it now if you want. Um, So my friend Adrian, you know how he's been watching JoJo's? Sure. So my friend Adrian (laughs) is watching JoJo's. He's gotten up to part four and he's all like, and he's like, this is incredible. This is amazing. However, however, he sent me this photo and it great audio content. (laughs) (laughs) So he sent me this photo and went, Nick, I know that we've seen... Jotaro standing up, right? I know we've seen him as one human being, 
but these baggy pants kind of make his legs look really short. So are we sure so that... Nick is showing me a picture of part four where Jotaro is seen from behind with his big coat and then peeking out from the bottom of the coat are his baggy pants and his purple shoes. Now they look oddly small. Really it's oddly a, there small. There is an odd perspective thing going on. So then he was like, are we sure it's not just three kids hiding in a coat in all of part four? Could this be a new Jotaro that we haven't encountered yet? So this is kind of like bigger Luke theory from Star Wars. Exactly. This is small Jotaro theory. This is tiny Jotaro's Jojo Adultman. (laughs) Hello, I'm a Jojo Adultman. My stand is uh, imaginary man. Thank you for your time today. I'll just leave now. Kids in America. That also works. Kids in America. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it literally, we had like a good 10 minute discussion about, is he just three people in a suit? Like, you know how you go to the movie theater and it's like, I'm I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The little rascals. Yeah. But Jotaro... We saw him in part three as one human being. Yeah. But part four, whenever we see him from behind, is that the same Jotaro that we all know? This is very bigger Luke theory. Are you familiar with bigger Luke theory? Where at some point in between, I think it was episode four and five. No, I think it was during episode four. Oh, during episode four, he suddenly grew. Where Luke goes into a cupboard or a thing like that. And then when he emerges... He's bigger. He's, what is there's it? a second bigger Luke that replaces like, him. Is it something like eight centimetres bigger something or something? Something like that. Yeah. To be fair, that's a big theory. If true. Luke, big if true. Yeah, exactly. Bigger at least. Anyway, that's the theory. Yeah. And I'm willing to endorse it until I die. Great. This is the new thing. <laughs> big Jotaro. Or Not small big, yeah. Jotaro. Three small Jotaro. Three small Jotaro sitting in a coat. S-T-A-N-D-I-N. I think Jojo Adultman is the good shorthand. Jojo Adultman. Is he really an adult? Man. He... Ooh. He did do marine biology. The graffiti. It's it's gotten more. There's more. There's a lot of it. More than I could possibly <laughs> be bothered going into and trying to find screenshots all of. This is why people don't pay us on Patreon. But I got a good chunk. Okay, good. Uh, and the most important bit. This is from the uh, a manga screenshot. Okay. Where he keeps reading and it says... Oh, is this the one where it says who wrote it or what? The enemy stand's name mm-hmm. is Notorious B.I.G. And then underneath that it says, Save us, please. Nothing can save us now. I want to eat pizza from my hometown of Naples before I die. And uh, in the anime, we have a very long sequence of Giorno Giovanna being like, What is this writing? But it's like the inside of a men's toilet stall in here. He keeps looking. He's like, it's, it's, it's all in Italian. It's all notorious chase. But who could have possibly wrote this? Who could have written such words? (gasps) And then down at the bottom, it's signed Giorno Giovanna. Whoa. And he looks at his hand and like he sees a pen coming out of his sleeve. And he puts that sleeve up and there's a big, gross, pink, meaty glob on his arm with like... Proto hand in it. Now, I don't know how any of that could have been written there in that amount of time, given that Giorno himself has this thing on his arm sitting at the opposite side of the chair. It's fine. The bigger question is, this isn't the what stand. the stand does <laughs> based on what we see the rest of it. Yeah, but it tracks movement. It's got to take a moment to taunt people with it, with its favourite exactly. pen. Exactly. This is what JoJo's is all about. This is Kane's last will and testament. He's going to kill these guys. He's going to threaten them about it. But most importantly, he wants to eat some margarita <laughs> pizza. Signed, Giorno Giovanna. <laughs> so he freak out, big arm. He tries to punch it with gold experience, but then like it eats the arm and God Experience's arm gets all messed up. 
And he's all like, it's eating away at my arm. Goes to hit it again, and then Mr. just shoots his arm off. With like six bullets, I think. Oh. Yeah, yeah, all six of them. <laughs> uh, so everyone is gathered, and they're, they're all, all looking like, at it like, oh, big stand, big problem. I mean, we could we could try to kill it. No, we can't try to so kill it. So fast. We should, we should let it live and It's probably not fast. It's probably dead now after Mr. shot it. Look, it's not even moving. And Mr.'s like, no. It's not moving because it doesn't need to move because it's eating me. <gasps> and then we see like it's eating four out of se- six uh, sex pistols. And they're all like, help us. And Mr. explodes in blood and collapses. He's all like, oh, I die. Naranchi is like, oh, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> My stand is super fast. Shoots bullets at it. And as the bullets come into it, it kind of goes, yoink. Shoots out tendrils of meat to catch slash attack those bullets. The plane flies away, chases the plane, catches the plane. Naranchi is down for the count. And he's all like, such a thing shouldn't be possible. It's too fast. Me- yeah. How could it be so fast? Meanwhile, Jorno, it keeps cutting to Jorno being like, it's tracking in some way. What criteria is it using to track? Is there some kind of algorithm that it's applying mm-hmm. to its movements? They tell Trish to run and hide in the cupboard. It chases after Trish. But then as it's about to hit her, Jorno starts shouting, Useless, useless, Lucius, useless, 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 uh, and doing. I'm sorry, do you want to try that again? Doing shadow boxing with his stand, essentially. Yeah, just hitting the wall. Or the air. Yeah, doing nothing at all, really. Yeah. And then it comes and attacks his other arm. And he's all like, I figured it out, guys. I'm a genius. If only I could have saved Trish without giving up my second arm somehow. <laughs> so I think it's tracking. On movement. The f- it tracks the fastest thing, matches its speed, destroys it, then looks for a new fastest thing. Mm. Simple-minded, very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so me. On my big arm again. Oh, got only one way to get rid of this. Smashes a window. Big air suction this time. Everyone's all like, oh no. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, he's like, oh, I'll have to get rid of my arm Smash it on this jagged glass With such force that my arm is ripped off Now I was saying to you He just ripped through bone Yep Like, with that glass that's been shattered He literally went so hard down 127 hours, baby <laughs> But I mean, that was like at the elbow, right? There's not as much bone there, is there? I don't know, man Jesus So, um, an important point A brooch falls from Giorno Giovanna's breast as though yep <laughs> should i say bosom instead would that make it better from his chesticles oh that's the worst one yet anyway it falls from his breast falls to the ground and then he looks at his arm he's all like well well it's gone passes out trish and bruno are like oh they, they slap fucker. like a meal tray or something over the window and like it's fine now yeah it's like it's gone it can't harm us anymore the monster is Dead. But at what cost? The sun is setting now, and they're like, oh man, Jorno is our healer. And the other two guys are messed up now too. Jorno can't use his stand powers without his arms. Because if he wants to use it, he has to punch things. Yep, so, like, I guess it's down to you, me, and Abakio now. I'm gonna go tell Abakio what happened to Jorno. And, like, he walks off, and this doesn't happen, but, like, it would be great if there's just silence, and then we hear Abakio being like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> It's just like he walks into the cockpit and Bruno... Yeah, Bruno walks in the cockpit and goes, Abakio, um, Giorno's really hurt. Abakio's like, oh. Such a shame. Hey, can you take me to him right now? Is, he st- is the wound still fresh? And then it's the or... same animation from the other episode where you're standing over him kicking him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, it's good. 
So Trish is left alone in the cabin because everyone else is in the turtle resting up. Oh, she also made a weird observation where Bruno looked like he was missing a good chunk of his leg. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he must have gotten hurt in the restaurant battle. It's such a deep wound, but not bleeding at all. Is he a zombie? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> um, so Trish is just sitting there alone, being all like, hmm. Staring guess... out at the sunset. I guess this isn't really my fault, but it is kind of... <laughs> I'm not to blame. I mean, I'm only related to their former boss. I was so scared before. I could only think about my own survival, which is why I'm after my dad too. Mm. But these guys, they have the courage of their convictions. They're going, they're, they're acting not based on primal survival instinct, but for a higher cause. Mm. Will I ever be like them? No. <laughs> Just saying it right now, I don't think we have enough episodes to pull that off. Which is quite ironic because just merely two episodes ago, mm. Narantia was like, wow, I thought Trish was like me, only scared for her own survival. But she's acting on a higher course. And now, what's happening here? Everyone's just faking it till they make it. Pretty much. <laughs> but isn't that life in general, Liam? She's sitting at the one... The one chair that has a knife sticking into the back of the chair in front, which happened when the window was broken. Yep. And uh, she sees a reflection of a ball? In the highly polished knife moving along the wing. Oh. There's something on the wing. Excuse me, miss. Is, is there a gremlin outside or am I going Hang crazy? On. I'm the miss here. Am I talking to myself? Oh, no. What's going on here? We've entered the, the twilight, twilight Zone. zone. <laughs> Could you imagine? Submit it for your approval. A young woman yep. sits on a plane by herself yep. and yet speaks aloud. For really... Sometimes, when you're truly alone, the only person you can turn to is yourself. And you're never more alone than you are when you enter the Twilight Zone. What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of clutching at straws here. <laughs> I'm Rod Serling, and this is JoJo's World. And I'm William Shatner, the other co-host. <laughs> <laughs> so she sees, like, a little glob <laughs> of meat moving along the wing. Yes. And she looks, and she doesn't see anything. And, uh, what... She doesn't see. Oh, as in she looks out the window. Yeah, she looks more directly. She's all like, "I guess it was nothing." I'll check uh, this. I'll, other I'll just calmly exhale next to the window now. She calmly exhales, uh, and then a beat. bam! <laughs> Big glob of meat hits the window. Oh, freak out! It jumps to the other side of the plane. Slam! Keeps slamming into windows. Eventually, slams into the broken window. Comes through the break. <gasps> oh no! Uh, Notorious just... Big's back on board, baby. And Trish immediately goes, okay, calm down, calm down. It tracks you on movement. Which must have been how it got back on the plane, because it matches was... the plane speed and tracked it. Yes, of course. <laughs> it caught up to it, because it can fly. Because plane fast. Ah, Venom. Venom fast? He big and fast. Is that what happens in the movie? No, no, it's a, it's a rocket ship. Like a, like a big rocket that flies out. Not a plane. Don't be ridiculous. And it tracks the speed of the rocket ship? Yeah. I mean, he is also attached to it the whole time. It's you know. <laughs> so, kind of different. Oh, it explodes. So I'd say it's exactly the same. Okay. I don't care. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. So Trish is there being like, I need to move really slowly. Let me just try moving my hand really slowly. Then she moves it like a centimeter. Yeah. And then it's all like, movement. Oh. And then she goes, it's so sensitive. Oh, what can I do? I... I don't move. I can't see you if you don't move. 
So she doesn't move. It sounds like it's like got these weird like slime proto hands and it's like toying with her fingers. It's really creepy. I think it's trying to like grasp at yeah, something. Yeah, but, but because she's like holding still. It's like tentatively feeling out the area. Yeah. It's really creepy. It's weird, man. It's weird. So then it sort of forms into what looks like a small baby meat child. It's got these like blue chunks, which like, give the impression of a face. Yeah. With like an eye. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of it is like bubbling meat. It's kind of the thingy, I guess. The thingy? You know, the thing? Yeah. The thing-esque. Oh, I thought you meant there was another movie called The Thingy. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the junior novelization <laughs> of The Thing. <laughs> it's like, why did you tie us up, Mr. George? It's pretty simple. I've got this hot maker. I'll just make things hot and see if your happy juice is turning into The Thingy. Oh no! Yours did turn into the. Nick, is that what you think kids' books are like? Yes, that's what they're all like. How so, junior are we going with these books? It's going at her. Yeah. But then it stops because there's something moving at the other end of the cabin. Why? I don't believe it. Juno has turned one of his ladybug brooches into a magical artifact again. Oh, because he keeps doing that yeah, shit. That's like three story arcs in a row now. Where conveniently. Oh, I can't do this thing. But if my brooch changed... So it's the brooch is pulsating on the floor and like Trish sees like the tips of fingers emerge from it. And she realises that in the final moments before Giorno cut off his own arm with a jagged chunk of glass mm-hmm. and also um, passed out from incredible wounds, yep. he turned his brooch into the seed that could become another one of his arms. Ah, uh, naturally. It feels as though... This could happen in any episode. Yeah. And he'd still get away with it. I made my brooch into what will become a spare body for me. Ah, I see. Question, how does that even work anymore? <laughs> uh, and because it's pulsating, it's picking up on the movement and coming at the brooch. And Trish is like, oh, we need that arm to get Giorno back in the game, which will give us Narantia and Mister back in the game. Which means I, Trish Una... The only person in that cabin need to save that arm from Notorious B.I.G. But how? I'm just Trish. To be continued. Oh, god damn it. We didn't even get to see if she has a stand yet. Not yet. Oh, she probably does. I mean, we've seen it in the opening. We've seen it in the opening, (laughs) so she probably does. So, Nick. Yes. Highlights and lowlights for this epi. My highlight is... The Trish being alone in the cabin sequence. Very horror. Because it's just... Very final girl. It's very generic, but it's very well-timed. And the whole thing, because of... It it is... It it really is trading on, like, some well-established horror beats. The, the, oh, it's probably nothing, exhale, boom. Yeah. It's just, it's so weird that it's like, it works. It so works. Like, it's weird, bubbling, meaty body. It's gross. So strange. But yeah, that'd be my highlight. What about you, Liam? Um, I think my highlight in general, uh, oh, I want to give an honourable mention to those weird grasping at her fingers just for like mood and atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, but I think my highlight overall uh, has got to be um, Mr. Just like coldly killing that guy. Like, <laughs> oh, shortest stand battle ever. I did it. I'm, and Jono's like, something seems wrong. And Mr.'s like, oh no, I'm just great. I don't even think you understand. My stand's great. I killed him. I won. Me. Mr. I have a gun! Yeah. Yep. I like that moment. Oh, so good. Low lights. My low light would have to be... 
Honestly, probably the unveiling of the thing. Because it's like, oh, there are some fingers in this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Don't know how that's related. There's writing on the wall. Don't know how that's related. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't really correlate with what it's actually going to do. The finger thing is especially weird because yeah. like... And like, what is that? And it's writing on the wall and it's connected to Giorno, but like... Like, what? almost like um the Empress from back in part three, you remember? Yeah, but it's not at all that. No. Like, what? So weird. And of course, we, we, we do talk frequently about how there's a lot of parallels uh, in part five to previous Jojo parts. We've got mm-hmm. that for the Empress. Yeah. And of course, plane battle, much like... The Tower. Of Grey. Mm. Mm. Those were the days. Those, those were some days. When we could just name random things, <laughs> whatever we wanted. I mean, we still can do that, can't we? Sure. Hell yeah. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Ebony Devil, the stand where you beat up the user to make a doll really angry to hurt you. You beat up the user to make a Remember doll. Remember Polnareff in the oh, hotel yeah! room? yeah! That's right. And doubly, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Yellow Temperance, the big... Goo stand that consumes all. So really, this is just a combination of... Just the greatest hits of uh, part three, baby. (laughs) (laughs) In one compressed episode. (laughs) Right here for your viewing pleasure. Big Meat Boy. Oh, and of course, uh, as we talked about while we were watching it, um, not unlike the automatic tracking of Sheer Heart Attack. Yes, yes. It's kind of like all these different things that we've already seen. It's like, okay, let's just do it again. (laughs) My low light, I think, if I can't select the cheeky fingers... That's correct. You really were just like, oh, I don't want to look at these <laughs> fingers. I, I, I'm i going to take an unusual route this one. I think it's the knife flying into the back of the chair. Okay. Because I, I thought, because I'd forgotten the exact details of how it gets back on for a moment, mm. I thought that it would have like attached a particle of it to the knife or something. Right. And it feels like almost a bit of a wasted opportunity. Instead of being like, oh, it, uh, it, it was just, it just got on the wing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. But also, wouldn't it have just sliced right through it anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this stand, is JoJo's. A, a knife mate. can't hurt a stand. That is true. Except for when it probably has. <laughs> <laughs> Soon, Trish will take that knife to that stand, and it will die. The true stand battle. Like when Star Platinum got stabbed by a sword, even though that sword had a stand. Should that have worked? Uh, yes, <laughs> I guess maybe. So, Nick. What? Trish. Stuck in plane cabin with big meat monster. Jono arm broached there. Yep. She's got to save it. Only she's in the room. Uh-huh. Uh, Abakio and Bruno were still fighting fit, but they are in the pilot's cabin. Risotto Nero remains at large. Mm-hmm. What will happen next time on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Vento Oreo, in the episode entitled... To be continued. Oh, actually, we forgot to do the Jojo Valley commentary. <gasps> We have Jojo Valley commentary? For Notorious B.I.G. Oh, hell yeah. So, I'll let you wonder what I was going to ask you oh, for okay. mere moments more All right. as we talk about Notorious B.I.G. by Hirohiko Araki. <laughs> can we read some Notorious B.I.G. lyrics? If you want to pull them up, we can. I'm not doing but, it. But as in the vein of how we read Araki? <laughs> I made this stand so Trish would have something to fight. <laughs> No other possible stand would have been good enough for Trish. If anything, I might have just wanted to draw the stand's peculiar-looking host back then. Well, he died right away, though. Laughs. So, notorious B.I.G. Trish had to fight something, and I wanted to draw a weird guy, then kill him. Um, here we go. I'd like to present to you, Liam, 
The Notorious B.I.G. by Notorious B.I.G. as read by Hirohika Araki. <laughs> Yo, check it. Call little Cease. Tell that motherfucker to bring me my motherfucking weed for this hospital. No, Notorious. Man, fuck that. Tell that reporter to go pick up 10,000 from Dez and go take about like 20 G's from Gino. No, no, Notorious. <laughs> Tell that motherfucker get this. Oh, no. Next door up out of here. D- uh, be snoring all night. I can't sleep. He he. No, no, Notorious. All right. Call that big butt nurse with the long hair to come suck my dick. How, how much of this were you doing? Bad boy big, come on. All right. That wasn't even a verse. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> now I want to see Hiroki Araki do it. I'm putting him on... What's, what's the word? Um, blast. I'm putting him on blast, Liam. All right. Hiroki Araki, you coward. Read some Notorious B.I.G. Uh, yep. So big rapper. He's big. Notorious rapper. Notoriously so. So, Nick. Yeah? All those things that I mentioned about the current state of play before uh-huh. are true. Gotcha. What do you think will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 5, Vento Oreo, in the episode entitled Spice Girl? What? Spice Girl. Oh, wait, because Trish. Because Trish. Um, yeah, Spice okay. Girl. So, Trish... Obviously, we'll bring out Spice Girl, her new stand. Ah, what are we looking at with Spice Girl? Well, she'll be female. All right. I, I suspect. Or female looking as much as a stand can look female. Um, but what can it do? Moonwalk the bus stop? Hmm. Maybe. 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 Get with her friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to get punched in the face, you got to get punched by Spice. What other lyrics do they have? What, the Spice Girls? Yeah. So many lyrics. Oh, okay. They they made those lyrics. Did they? I don't fucking know. It was the 90s. Spice right? Girls' power allows Trish to inhabit five distinct personas, each with their own different abilities. You thought you could outrun me, but scary Spice is always behind you. Can turn you into a baby like a Lessie's stand. Uh, oh, what other... Wait, how, what were the Spice Girls? There was Sugar Spice. Nope. There was Oompa Loompa Spice. There was... was okay, hang on. Baby Spice. Scary Spice? Yep. Um, was there... Victoria F- Beckham was... Spice number three. Spice number three. All Spice. <laughs> uh, scary, sporty, posh, ginger, baby. None of those adjectives One of these really... things is not like the other. Yeah, none of them Ginger, really baby. <laughs> I was going to say, like, none of them fit with each other. Spicy spice. Like, spicy, great flavour. Sporty, okay, personality trait. Uh, ginger. Hair? Hair, I guess. Baby. I guess vaguely personality, but also just state of being. What was the other one? Posh. Let's just finance. Baby is... Baby is weird, right? We can agree on that. We can all agree that... Wait, do you mean in terms of as a descriptor or as a... Spice Girl. Well, because they're all meant to be, like, different archetypes of women. Are they? That's the thing, like... There's only five archetypes of women? I didn't say all of them. Oh, I see. Posh. They're meant to be different archetypes of women. What do you think it is? I thought they were just meant to be names. There was just, like, I'm... You know, like, High Five, they don't use their real names, you know? And it's just... Well, they probably do, actually, now that I think about it. But, like... You know, all these bands would have names that but, are like... Like, to use, to use a boy band, for instance, there's yeah. always like, you know, there's always like the smart one and yeah. the 
the bad boy. Yeah, but none of the Spice Girls really fit into archetypes. But their names are archetypes. Victoria Beckham is posh Spice. And what's her name is Ginger yeah, Spice. Yeah, she's the outlier. But like, <laughs> rega- just regarding this, we can agree that in that context, baby is weird, right? Yeah, baby is definitely weird. Nick, what is going to happen next episode? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess Trish will unveil her stand and be like, I can hurt it now. Oh, okay. But it'll be in like a life or death situation. How? The thing will come at her and be all like, what's, what's her power? Well, apparently I'm not allowed to think on what the five spices are, which means I don't know which one of the Spice Girls will come out and be all like, huzzah, with like a fist I, I made the five personalities. The five. You didn't make them up, did you? I made the five stand power thing up. Okay, alright. Now I don't know what to believe, Liam. Um, well maybe it's just like a... What could it be? What can stop an unstoppable creature that tracks your movement? It wouldn't be able to freeze things, would it? Like freeze things in like space. That's an idea. Um, Oh, like um... Like stasis or something. Kind of like um, Act 3, but without the weight element. Yeah. Just stopping you. Yeah, kind of. Um, oh, what's another good one? It has to be able to beat this... Unstoppable force. An but a movable object. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's just a big shield. Maybe <laughs> force literally. field. Yeah, nah, literally. Nah, you can't. Force field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that might actually be it. I think maybe she'll just be like, how do I protect myself? And then she'll like cower. Oh in yeah. Fear. Well, my stand activates even after I die and then it chases you forever. Oh yeah? Well, force field. <laughs> <laughs> You can't force feel. That's unfair. Uh, nah, uh, I can. Oh, that conniving. Son I'm getting of a bitch. mom. <laughs> you go back to like. No, no, Trish says that. I'm. I'm getting mom. I'm going back to my oh, hometown. Going back to Sardinia. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is going to sound weird, but maybe it's an offshoot of um, King Crimson's power, mm-hmm. where instead of moving forward through time, maybe she can do the exact opposite. Where she goes backwards. Unwind. Sees what you're going to do. Unwinds and then. Yeah. Reacts exactly. Maybe yeah. it's like that, or some rewind. Other... That was the word I was looking for. You're just gonna unwind on a plane, have a good trip. Yep, just sink into a nice hot hot tub after a relaxing all, day at work. All comes full just circle. Listen to this podcast in a hot tub. And if you don't own a hot tub, well, you better buy fuck one. Yourself. We own hot tubs. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. Nick Risotto Nero remains at large. I reckon he will be the boss's right hand man now. Now you might be thinking to yourself, oh, the Hitman team is gone, right? And they were a rogue element. Mm-hmm. They were cast out of Passione as so many other rogue elements would have been. Like the protagonists. But what if the boss is like, hello, you're my enemy? But you're also enemies with my enemies. Keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Yeah. The enemy of my enemy is... Risotto Nero. And Risotto Nero remains at large. Finally, what is awaiting them in Sardinia? Disappointment. Okay. Uh, Well, I reckon a lot of mixed feelings for Trish. Yep. They're going to meet her mother. Who is dead. Possibly. Uh, Who is dead. Or... Oh, but Abakio. A Abakio, rewind. Oh, I get to see my mum alive again. But she's got a weird number face. That's fucking weird. <laughs> Does this mean that Abakio doesn't understand the concept of death? Because anytime he's like... No, his partner died, remember? Yeah, but he can just rewind 
time and then just see him again. And be with you forever. Exactly. Unnamed police officer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they'll go visit her mum. Maybe get some answers there. She's dead! No, get answers there, not from her. Oh. Uh, and... Maybe, like, her mum's friend will show up and be like, I remember you when you were a child. Mrs. Jenkins. Jenkinsino. Exactly. Posh Spice. Ah. Um, David Beckham Italian football team. Is David Beckham Risotto Nero? Yep. That's law. Oh, no. We need to stop him. Anyway. He um, remains at large, Liam. Comprehensive. Wrap up. (laughs) Uh, Jotily by Milk Juice. Tell That's a friend, me. we're doing good work, we're getting near the end. Uh, Soon the dark times will come. Hot tub. And until next time, <laughs> to, <laughs> to be, be continued. continued. <laughs>